Good morning, friends, and welcome to a Hasty Podcast. <laughs> I'm your fraud, Weston Hasty. That's right. I'm a big fat fraud. Yeah. And you don't know why yet. <laughs> because it's an audio podcast, so you can't see nothing. You can't see what's changed, what's different about me. Maybe you can hear it. You can probably hear it in my voice, actually, now that I think about it. I am not... Uh, I, I, here's what I almost said and why I completely stopped. I, I almost said, I am not the morning, which is a true enough statement. It is true enough. I am not the morning, but it, it rather, rather than I, it is not the morning. I say good morning because this will still release in the morning for you to listen to and enjoy, but it is not the morning. It is Weston in the evening because once, once again, I have some bad news, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, Morning Brain has won the day. Morning Brain beat me today. It beat me. I didn't record this in the morning. Morning Brain convinced me in my zombie-like state that, nah, man, look, 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 look. We don't have to record this in the morning. If you upload it in the morning, no one has to know. No one has to know that you slept through a few extra minutes and didn't record the podcast before going off to work. No one has to know. You don't have to tell anybody. I won't tell anybody. That's what Morning Brain said. And for some reason, uh, uh, that's what happened. <laughs> so it is the evening, but I still needed to record this. Part of me, again, this was this is the part of me that was just kind of thinking about it later. Uh, not This was not necessarily morning brain thinking, but part of me was like, look, if I miss a day, it's not the end of the world. But then I started thinking about it, and I thought to myself, there's no real excuse to miss a day. Really? I mean, not really, unless something happens at some point in time that like physically makes me incapable of recording for a, a, a single half-hour session on a day to prepare for the next. Unless something physically prevents me from doing that, there really is no excuse. So I decided to sit down, even though it's far later. It's, it's approximately 12 whole hours later <laughs> than I would normally have been recording this podcast. Now, I don't know if any of you care, but maybe on some level, this is relatable. Maybe on some level, you can relate to the uh, procrastination of it all. I don't know. I've, I've always struggled with procrastination because I've always... I'm not going to say I, f I flourish under pressures of time constraints. That is a very typical, in my experience, that is a very typical procrastinator's excuse Oh, I do better under pressure. You know, I get the best work done when when I don't have a lot of time and I'm under pressure to do well. That's it's it, it's nonsense. It's bull crap. It's nonsense. It's not true. You don't do better. It's just that you've likely never put into the time of doing a project uh regular like if you have the time to do a project, you've never spent that time to do a project. Either you've hurried it early to get it done early so you don't have to deal with it later, but you still rushed it, or you've procrastinated it until the very end and you have to rush it. One way or the other, the very typical, oh, I perform better under pressure response, in my experience, is always based on false precedent. 
precedent? Is that what I'm looking for? Maybe. The entire idea that you perform better under that level of pressure of a deadline looming in front of your face. I don't know. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in it. I'm not saying that deadlines, period, are pointless or unnecessary or that working under some level of pressure doesn't bring out the best in your work because there is the exact opposite of what I've been kind of talking about. If you believe that perhaps if you have no time restraints, you'll basically never finish your project or never get around to your project or not put in quality time working on your project, you need some kind of deadline to work towards to get your project out at a relatively good amount of time. I think some people benefit from some kind of deadline existing. That's not what I'm talking about. And I'm not going to speak for everybody for that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the whole, oh yeah, I want a deadline so that I can wait moments before the end of the deadline to get my project done. Whether that goes for school or life projects. Again, my podcast is a self-imposed deadline. Uh, ideally, right, this is, this is what I've kind of committed myself to in this experiment. And truly, I mean, there's no one holding myself to this except myself. No one's holding me to this but myself. My sort of self-imposed deadline is that I need to put a podcast out every morning, 6 a.m. Eastern. For anyone listening to this around the world, 6 a.m. Eastern time is when I release this on Anchor. I'm not entirely sure if it drops everywhere else at the same time. I'll be honest with you. The different platforms where I am available right now are just being handled by Anchor, so they publish all that for me. Uh, down the road, if I start publishing to platforms that Anchor doesn't publish to, then of course that I'll, I will manually do that. But for sure, where I upload is to Anchor, and it drops on anchor.fm forward slash hasty podcast. 6 a.m. Every morning. That's kind of my my self-imposed deadline, right? Now, ideally, and we've talked about this, ideally, I do my project in the morning, and then I have all friggin' day to have this podcast ready for the next morning. That's the idea. You all know good ideas. You all know good planning. Are you a procrastinator? Are you not a procrastinator? I'd love to hear your, your tale, especially if you're not a procrastinator. I would love to hear your point of view. If you're someone who doesn't understand procrastinating, I would love to learn from you because I'm a procrastinator. It's a problem. It is a major problem <laughs> in the sense that truly, I don't think I perform my best work under pressure, but honestly, the best work I've made is often under that pressure of procrastination because it's so hard to convince myself to do anything otherwise. Always having that stress of having to hurry and rush through things. It's, it's, I would like to break that one day. One day I would like to break that. Um, and I think it's going to take some serious dedication and willpower to do that. But, you know, every day is a new struggle. Where was I going with this? I had a thought and then I walked away from it for a moment. <laughs> I walked away from this thought. But you didn't realize this, that this was going to be topic number one, did you? That we were gonna, going to just talk about procrastinating projects and how I have procrastinated this project. <laughs> this podcast, this thing that I do, it's so easy. It's so easy to do. It doesn't it's not like it's not like I do a tremendous deal of research before doing it. Maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you can relate to this. This is this is why I'm talking about this. We need to we need to talk about this. This is our little powwow. This is us talking one-on-one. -on -one. We need we need we need to do better you and me. 
I know you're a procrastinate. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you're not, but forget that for a moment. You're exactly like me. We need to talk about this. We need to break this procrastination habit because it's not good for us. It's not good for other people that we do things for. It's not benefiting anybody to, to be procrastinators. You can find any number of videos on YouTube or articles on the internet or something about how being lazy right, has benefited mankind because taking the lazy way out forces us to come up with clever solutions and new solutions to problems that would otherwise take hard work to do. But that's only telling part of the story. It's not lazy to invent new uh, solutions to existing problems. That's not laziness, right? Being lazy will not solve that problem for you. No, no, no. That is half the story. It's, it's a misnomer that we tell ourselves, that we fool ourselves into believing so that we don't have to adapt, so that we don't have to change, so that we don't have to better ourselves. And this is about bettering ourselves. You didn't know this because I haven't been talking about it. This is episode six of this podcast. This is actually secretly a podcast about empowering yourselves, about bettering yourselves by starting with myself, myself. I started this podcast not for other people, but for me. It's all been a selfish endeavor. Ha ha. My, <laughs> you can already tell that there's a difference between Weston in the morning versus Weston in the evening, right? You can already tell. This podcast has been a selfish endeavor to improve myself. I've said so from basically the beginning that one of the core reasons of making this podcast is to create a better morning routine, a better morning habit for myself. And of course, so far I'm failing to do that because Morning Brain and the rest of me knows that I can procrastinate this pro project until the very last moment and get it done. And it will be just about as effective or maybe just as beneficial or interesting or, or just as quality as it would have been if I had given myself more time to do it. But we want to break that. We want to embedder ourselves. It's not just about slapping some piece of work out into the world and just saying, here, I did the thing. I did it by the deadline. Now reward me. Life doesn't work that way. No one's going to sit down and say, well, by golly, Weston, you did, you did get this podcast done in time. And that's all I asked of you. Here, have a cookie. No, it's not about that. It's not about that. Maybe this episode will do phenomenally well and somehow have like one trillion downloads or something like that, but that doesn't justify the act of procrastinating to finish this episode, to to make it, to, to make it a, a reality. No, no, th that doesn't justify it. No number of views or success or whatever could happen to the, I don't even know. I'm, I'm not a podcaster by trade. <laughs> this is new and I'm amateur. I don't know how you measure the success of a singular podcast episode. I do not know. <laughs> but... If the core tenet of running this podcast from the beginning was to learn to not procrastinate, to be productive, to be a better person, and to have that morning routine that doesn't involve me sleeping in and waiting to the very last moment to rush out the door. If that was the core tenet of this podcast, just slapping out an episode of a podcast does not serve that core tenet. And knowing that tells me that I have been a failure today. And I'll probably fail many, many times over and over again because it's not about succeeding every time. It's about working toward your ultimate success of change, of changing yourself for the better. And that's what we strive to do here on this podcast. And by we, I mean me. And by me, I mean the royal we. Because if kings and royalty of ancient times can call themselves we, by God, we can. 
And by we, I mean you and me, you and I. We can call ourselves we because we're just as important as anyone else. And that is not supposed to be narcissistic. It matters that we, and by we, I mean you and I, work towards embettering ourselves because we deserve it for ourselves, not for anyone else. We deserve to be better people, people for ourselves and to work and strive to that end. It will not be easy. No one said it would. It will not be easy to do that. It will take work. This is why being lazy will not invent us a new solution to this problem. That's why procrastinating our projects will not be the solution that we're looking for. It's about getting out there and doing the thing, about creating the thing that we want to create and doing it for the reasons that we want to do it. Not for other people. Not to make appearances. That's not what this is about. This is about ourselves. And I hope that what, in whatever project you are working on, whatever you've got going for yourself, whatever it could be, I don't know, I hope you have some creative outlet. And I hope that you can use it to make yourself better. Not that you're just doing it to turn the wheels. Not that you're doing it just to waste your time. Because there's nothing wrong with how you choose to spend your time. But I hope in the time that you're using, you're spending it to make yourself better somehow. It doesn't have to be in the art of creation. Maybe you read books. Maybe you watch movies. Maybe you play video games. You're not really creating anything, but you're experiencing stories and narrative. And I hope that those experiences lead to you having conversations with other people about the wider picture, the bigger picture, the wider world, indeed. And those conversations, one little conversation at a time, changing the world for the better, understanding and experiencing other people's perspectives. You don't have to be a creator to do that, to hold conversations, to speak to one another. You don't have to be a creator to do that. But if you are creating things, I hope you're doing it for reasons beyond just the mere action itself, the, the, the tactile, pleasurable sensation that you can share those things and embed not just the world or society, but yourself. Because if you can improve yourself, that's enough. That's enough to improve the world, starting with just one person, yourself. And that's very important. You're listening to a hasty podcast. I'm going to sip for my beverage. We're not drinking uh, coffee during <laughs> during this podcast, I must admit. I do have a, 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 a jug. That is not the word. I'm, a mug. One of those travel mugs. I do have a travel mug of coffee somewhere. I thought I brought it with me into this room. Uh, I apparently do not have it with me in this room, but I do have an adult beverage with me here. It's uh, <laughs> I say adult beverage like I'm trying to censor it. When, when I stream or play games on YouTube... Can you already tell that my demeanor has completely changed from what we just had? I hope you enjoyed that first that first segment of this podcast. But I'm so used to censoring myself on like uh, YouTube when I make videos or stream or whatever because, you know, uh, adult beverages are not child-friendly. And if it's not child-friendly, it's not advertiser-friendly. Those things are should be... Those two things should be different, but on YouTube, they're they're basically interchangeable. If you want to be advertiser-friendly, you basically have to be child-friendly. So I'm, I'm used to censoring myself. So it feels weird to be like, I am enjoying myself a fine Miller Lite. Hashtag spawn. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, obviously. But uh, very different style podcast. Although, although this is not my intention for this podcast, yeah, I would love to hear from you. Uh, either on Twitter, at Weston Hasty, or on some comment somewhere. If you, if you can comment 
on the, these podcasts somewhere in the universe, where wherever you're listening listening to this, I would love to see it. Uh, but probably Twitter <laughs> is your best bet because I'm an idiot and that spends too much time on Twitter. But uh, let me know what you thought of the evening podcast by the end of this. Uh, if you even survived it this long, maybe you maybe you dipped out five minutes in and you were like, "Nah, man, uh, this is whatever Weston is on right now. I am not having that." Actually, I take that back because whoever I'm talking to right now, you've been here for the last sixteen odd minutes, so you're you're the real OG. You're you're ha- you're you want whatever I'm having, and I'll tell you what, it's just uh, it's just the fact that I'm awake right now. Um. Yesterday, I promised I'd talk about Legend of Korra, <laughs> so uh, that's what we're going to do a little bit. I know that's a very strange swing from what we were just talking about, about procrastination, but I needed to, I'd like to have two topics at least for all of these podcasts, right? I feel like that's a relatively good number of topics to have. My first topic was going to be about like D&D, but yesterday's D&D session was canceled due to just life, so... I'll save, I'll save the D&D episode for a later date. It doesn't have to be today because I got lots to talk about, but uh, we'll save that one for a later day. So topic number two, <laughs> The Legend of Korra. We didn't have time to talk about it yesterday. We were talking about Netflix stuff and I got into talking about B&A, which is this new anime, relatively new anime on Netflix that I've been watching, but I've also been watching a bunch more of The Legend of Korra and I just caught up to where about I left off when the show was new. And I just wanted to fill you guys in on what that show even is. It's not for adults. It's definitely a kids-ish show. The target audience is like teens-ish, right? That's the kind of idea. So I'm not talking about kids show as in like 10-year-olds or 8-year-olds or 5-year-olds or something like that. But definitely meant for teens back when it came out on Nickelodeon, I want to say, is what it came out on. But it's the spiritual successor made by, I think, the same studio, same people that made the the show Avatar The Last Airbender. So if you're familiar with that, you're probably familiar with The Legend of Korra. You probably don't even need me to explain it to you, but the story is basically about Korra, who is an avatar, who uh, has the power to bend, which is basically to wield uh, all of the four elements. In, in the universe, which are fire, wind, uh, earth, and uh, 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 what did I not say? Water. <laughs> I, I immediately forgot what I had said. Uh, all four of the elements. And typically in this universe, if you're a bender, you can only bend one of those elements, or you can't bend anything at all. You're, uh, you're a normie. I don't remember if there's a name for that or not in the universe if you're a non-bender. I don't know if there's a name for that, like normie or something like that, but uh, those are your options. If you're the avatar, you can bend everything, basically. And Korra is the Avatar. There's only ever one Avatar at a time. And in Season 1, we spend uh, time with uh, Korra learning how to bend air. She's already mastered uh, the other three. All she has left to do is air. And she's struggling because air is sort of her counter-personality. Air is about letting go and being loose and kind of like, you know, moving with the flow. And she's a very aggressive, head-on type of person. Very, very stalwart um, uh, tackle things head-on type of person and and mastering air involves rolling with the punches and be kind of being at peace with the world in many ways so she has to learn how to do that and she takes up bending this pro bending thing uh, which is like a, a bending sport uh, that l- teaches her while she's playing it to roll with the punches she learns quickly that despite having mastered the other elements she is not up to speed with the modern way of bending she's been learning under these 
old monks basically to learn the traditional ways to bend but now it's a more modern setting and a more modern time and she learns that she has much more to learn and that's actually sort of the trigger for her to start learning airbending i mention all of this because that sets the scene for what we saw in avatar the last airbender where it's a very traditional uh sort of narrative about like nature and about uh, spiritualism and about traditions in terms of the bending and the art forms that that involves and that kind of thing. So you have a lot of that in Avatar The Last Airbender. Moving on to The Legend of Korra, season one opens with those concepts uh, merging into a more modern timeline where many people have moved beyond those ancient traditions uh, for something a little bit more contemporary. It takes place in a similar time period as like 1920s to 40s. America is kind of the the aesthetic that they're going for. Um, or tw- maybe even 20s to 40s Britain or something like that. So some Western 20s to 40s era. Kind of think World War One II ish in terms of technology where they like buy planes and that kind of thing. And you know, you've got, you're starting to put metal on ships and that kind of thing. Uh, except that in terms of weapons, like, no one uses straight-on, like, guns. Everybody's got either bending, so instead of having a gun, you might, like, throw fire, right, because you're a firebender or something like that. Or you have, like, still, like, sticks. <laughs> People still beat each other very much with, like, melee weapons if you're not a bender. No one's really come up with guns yet, I don't think, that I've seen. So I think it's an easy way to maintain its sort of, like, T rating. I don't. I don't know what it what it is on TV, T, TV thirteen or something. I, I don't know how TV ratings work. Don't ask me. But but in video game speak, it like teen rated teen or something. Um, so that's the aesthetic we're going for in these sort of mergings of ideas. We're set up for that in season one. Um, I'm not gonna spoil too much about the main plot, but there is this uh, big bad. The big bad guy is this. Uh, 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 sort of rebels, so kind of like a terrorist, really. This terrorist that wants to uh, take out the leadership in the city that the entire thing pretty much takes place in. The entire show takes place in Republic City. Uh, the leadership and many of the people in power are benders, and it's this uh, sort of terrorist cell's point of view that the benders are keeping the normies down. Uh, by taking advantage of them and that kind of thing. And this leader of this cell is someone who somehow, mystically, is capable of removing Bender's ability to bend the elements. And um, I'm not going to spoil too much about the season because if you haven't watched it, I do recommend season one. I enjoy it a lot. I think the finale, the ending is actually kind of weak, but it, altogether, uh, in general, I really enjoy the, the the entire season by itself. So I won't spoil too much about like how that is possible or whatever, what have you. Uh, but suffice it to say, by the, t- by the time we get to the end, the big bad is defeated and we move on to season two. Season two, which I talked about a little bit last time I talked about Legend of Korra, is about sort of returning to that spiritualism and traditional roots a little bit as Korra returns to her home in the water tribes, which are a very traditional um, uh, uh, sort of nation compared relative to Republic City that we saw in season one. So I've mentioned before that I don't really care for this season because it seems so 180 from what season one sets up, and it very much is, and we go into uh, this sort of introducing the conflict between the north and southern water tribes that there's this power conflict between the two 
the North uh, uh, effectively saying that the South has lost sight of their ancient spiritual traditions, and that's why they've the, the South has been suffering all these uh, sort of bad things that have been happening lately, the, these mysterious bad things that are maybe related to evil spirits or something like that, right? And the North comes in as uh, their protectors to like sort of save the day. You find out later that there are ulterior motives to what the Northern tribes are doing, and then conflict ensues, but the m- major... Uh, uh, focal point that you're going to spend a lot of time in season two in is the spirit realm and everything to do with spirits in the universe of the legend of Korra, uh, which is something that you didn't see quite on this level in Avatar The Last Airbender. You would see some of the spirit world and some of how spirits interacted with the universe, but for the most part, that was kept to a minimum. Whereas in the Legend of Korra, the entire season two is basically predicated on that aspect of the universe. In fact, there's a two episode, like it's a two part, two episode uh, story about someone who's not even Korra. I can't think of his name now, but it's the original Avatar back when the human realm and the spirit realm were merged and one and, and spirits and humans lived together. And uh, it's a story about the origination of bending the Avatar and that kind of thing. But it's a complete departure from literally the entire story of the Legend of Korra as we've seen it from season one and two to tell its own small narrative that does come up and holds some significance to the main story of season two, but it's mostly just background information that kind of exists completely isolated from the rest of the story, such that, like, it's not even presented as, like, a flashback in between scenes of Korra or or whatever. It's literally two episodes of this entirely different story that takes place long at the beginning of time in, in this universe, which is, again, such such a 180 from what you expect from season one, which is why I didn't enjoy season two nearly as much because I just wanted a lot more of what we saw in season one because I liked season one. Uh, And then by the time you get to the end of season two, just to wrap things up and skip a lot of plot, there's a lot of plot I'm skipping because again, I'm not going to spoil it, but basically uh, we come to the point where Korra is faced with this decision to make where because of a series of, events the spirit realm has now merged once again with the human realm on some level humans and spirits can travel between the two realms um and Korra has this choice to make does she close that gate and separate the two realms once again or does she leave it open so that people can become in tune and in touch once again with the spirits and their traditions And it's sort of this kind of like coming together with your sort of spirituality um, story. And she chooses to leave the gate open. And that's the spoiler to that, I guess. (laughs) It comes out of left field when you watch. So like as far as spoilers go, it's a very minor spoiler, um, especially for a show this old, because that's going to be the entire setup for season three is that that choice, leaving that gate open is how we end season two. We're going to begin season three with the repercussions of that choice and how that affects the universe at play. And that is what I'm walking into 
uh, moving forward. I have not watched season three. I think I've seen part of the first episode of it, but it was so long ago, I don't remember anything about it. So I'm walking into season three blind from here on out, and we will talk about that occasionally on the podcast, my experiences with season season three. That was my very abridged rush through the first two seasons of The Legend of Korra. Um, obviously I'm enjoying the show all the same. It, again, it's not really intended for adults, but if you want any of that sort of, when did that come out? Like 2010s, I'm not entirely sure. It might've been 2012 or 14 or something like that. I don't remember when the legend of Korra, uh, came out, but if you want some of that five between five and 10 years ago, nostalgia trip or whatever, Go for it. I recommend the series quite a bit. I still highly recommend, if you want to go back to the early 2000s nostalgia, go back and watch Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, The first season is a bit more childish than the last seasons, so if you can get past season one, uh, the story gets quite good after that point. It's not bad in season one at all, but in case you're watching season one and you're thinking to yourself, this is a little too childish, it does get a bit more mature (laughs) after season one. I think that happened because uh, it was intended for a younger audience, and then the show uh, developers, designers, whatever you call them, the producers, uh, realized that it was attractive to a little bit of an older audience, so that they they kind of readjusted course just just a, a little bit, and I think it was a good move. So you'll see that. I think you can still very much enjoy it. It's a very solid uh, show. As for The Legend of Korra, I can definitely recommend season one. I enjoyed season one quite a bit. It's actually quite tense. It's it's uh, a departure in maturity uh, from the uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. And by departure, I just mean it, it's, it's kind of designed to be more mature. At Aang, which is the Avatar in, the, in Avatar The Last Airbender, he's like a... 12 year old kid or something 11 or something like that he's like a 12 year old kid and avatar the last airbender whereas Korra is like i don't know a mid-teens something so you've got some teenage angst kind of there's just a little extra level of maturity where she's at the cusp of thinking like an adult that i think you can kind of enjoy and maybe um uh, relate to on some level a little more so than than avatar the last airbender maybe you'll enjoy it more um but I definitely recommend them both, even though season two with Legend of Korra is quite a departure from the main story. I'm curious to see how season three goes. I was curious back when it was new, and I just never kept up with the show. I'm curious to see where that goes with the whole spiritualism that they've now introduced. All right. That's it. That's it for me. Thank you all so much for listening to A Hasty Podcast. You've been listening to A Hasty Podcast. I'm your host, Weston Hasty. You can find me at my website, westonhasty.com where I list all the things that I do on the internet. Uh, The website is uh, functional. It's more like a landing page rather than a website that you really interact with. It's really a landing page for all those things that I do. But you can go there and you can find my podcast and you can find all the other YouTube or... Actually, I don't think my Twitch is up there, but my poetry blog, all my stuff is there. you can go there. If you want to know more about this podcast, you can listen to it on Anchor or find links to the other places you can find this podcast on my Anchor page. Go to anchor.fm forward slash hasty podcast. There's no A, just hasty podcast. There's an A in hasty. (laughs) I just mean there's no A hasty podcast. It's just hasty podcast. I can't decide if that was a good move or not. It's not too late. I can still change it to slash a hasty podcast. I just didn't think the A was necessary. You know what I mean? I didn't think it was necessary. So check those things out. Thank you all so much for listening. I noticed while editing one of my previous uh, episodes that I said thank you for watching. I'm very used to that on my YouTube side of things. But thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. 
and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. All right, I'm out of here. Bye.